continue on this revelation as I feel like God is speaking. And uh, I want to read the next couple of scriptures for us. Exodus 14, verse 19. Then the angel of God, everybody say the angel of God, who was going before the host of Israel, moved. Everybody say moved. And went behind them. The pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was a cloud and the darkness. And it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night long. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the reading of the word. Bless it to the hearing of our ear and the receiving of our heart. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Now, this particular portion of Scripture can get skipped over, and I feel like it has, in the sense that as the interns and I were doing a lot of research for this message this week, uh, we, we found very little info to help us expound this Scripture. But still, yeah, I felt something was there that we needed to pay attention to. And, um, you know, as we worked through it, and on Thursday, we came to the point where the Spirit of God, we've been praying all week, and then the Spirit of God begins to speak, and, and we begin to, to vet out some things we had already put on paper, like it was that aha moment. Now, I'm going to open up with a statement here this morning, right, because I believe there's a push of God's presence today. I believe there's a push of the presence of God inside the body of Christ right now. I believe that we have never kind of experienced this kind of push before. And it, it may be a little difficult to comprehend or even to understand what we're feeling and why we're feeling that. It, it can almost seem like uh, it, it's, a, it's a different aspect of what God is doing to express himself to the body of Christ in this day that we live in. I'm going to make a statement here and I want you to just hear me with your good ears as I say it. God loves to put us in positions where his presence is undeniably real. Now, the truth of that statement is we usually feel very uncomfortable in that position. We feel out of our element. We can feel out of control. We can feel pushed. Come on, how, how many of you hate it when someone's pushing you? Like when, when, you, when you're, you know, someone's behind you and you're... We, in that moment, though, we find ourselves where God is positioning us, which is what we've been talking about this whole series now. This last seven, eight weeks, God has been speaking to us. He, he's putting us in positions on purpose. It's, it's God himself who has brought us to the moment that can cause us to feel abandoned by God. That can cause us to not understand what God is doing. It's God himself that brings us to this moment uh, that can leave us sometimes in confusion. It can leave us sometimes in desperation. It can leave us wondering what happened. How did I get here? I told you this was a bad idea. Anybody in here ever, ever told God, see God, I told you this was a bad idea. This is bad. This was not good. This, uh, this is not what... This is, this was, I told you, God, this was a bad idea. But see, God uses difficulties in our lives to cultivate within us a, a, a greater appreciation for himself. 
mean, we come to know God in ways we otherwise would not have known Him if we had not been in particular situations, positions. And I believe that's the point. Maybe not so much in the middle of it do we understand it, but once we're on the other side, we're always able to see how God was involved. It's like, man, I could see God moving through that whole thing now. But during the middle of it, I lost sight of God. During the middle of it, God wasn't where I expected him to be. Come on, Elijah. There's the wind. Oh, God's there. There's the lightning. Oh, God's there. There's the earth shaking. Oh, God is there. Yet God was not where he expected him. And in the middle of our difficulty, when God is using something to cultivate a a new understanding within us of who he is, it it can make us feel like we lost sight of God. Where'd he go? I want to say this to us. Again, as we're maturing through this series, the presence of God in a trial... It's much better than the exemption from a trial. Come on, preacher. Did you have to say that? Because I would really like to avoid this whole thing. What if the greatest victory in a struggle isn't victory over the thing, but the revelation of God's heart towards you through the thing? we understand the closeness of God unless we've experienced loneliness? How how can we say God is my healer unless we've experienced uh, uh, the utter chaos of sickness? How, How can we say God is for me and nothing could be against me unless something's been against us? How do we have a testimony without a test? But see, it's the testimony that we share. And the testimony really isn't always about overcoming the thing. It's always about coming to a greater revelation of God's heart towards me in the thing. Because I'm going to be honest with you. If you listen truly to testimonies, they're not always. They're not always about overcoming the thing. most powerful testimonies I discovered God I discovered God how can we truly understand the character of God until we need him to be faithful think about it God's presence is never sweeter as it is in the moment of a great difficulty you see Difficult times are what sensitize us to the nearness of God. We get 
We get so calloused, amen. All this that we experience every week, all this push that we experience every week, I need you to understand, right? I believe that Firm Foundation Ministries is in revival. We come in every week and we just, it's just normal. People at the altar, that's just normal. Young people prophesying, that's just normal. Come on, church. Worship poured out, it's just normal. No, see, that's revival. It's what we've been praying for. But see, in the midst of it, we can get callous to it. We get so used to it, handling it, seeing it, and experiencing it, we get callous to it. And all of a sudden, sometimes God brings us to a moment to say, hey, I want to rub these calluses off a little bit. I want to make you a little sensitive here. It's important to note that's by the, the, these two verses are talking about something very strategic. So the angel of God, the angel of God, the angel of God. Like who is this angel accompanying Israel through the Exodus? Well, Isaiah 63, 9 says the angel of his presence is who saved Israel. And so on the edge of the waters of the Red Sea... Jesus himself is here. The angel of God is here. It is actually Jesus himself, capital A, standing on the shore with them. It is actually Jesus himself leading them through the exodus. He is there. And God begins right here to move his people from a religious walk into a relational walk. Right at this moment, right at this moment, what better time to do it? What better time to do it? The angel of God who had previously went before them, the Bible says now moves behind them. Wait, wait, wait. That's not what I'm expecting God to do. That was not where I was looking for God. But see, it's God in a very specific way giving witness to what His presence does. I, I want to say this to His church. If you read this properly, isn't it amazing how a thing can bless God's people while at the same time curse others? The Bible says that, it, that the, the angel of God moved behind them and it gave them light to move forward, and as it moved behind him, the opposite side of it gave Egypt darkness. What gave light to God's people blinded God's enemy. Well, church, isn't it amazing how God gives light to those who trust him, but darkness to those who reject him? Isn't it amazing how God can comfort one and confound another? Isn't it amazing how he's savior to one person and a judge to another? For God and to his children, listen to me church, he serves as both guard on one hand and guide on another. He both proceeds us and protects us. He is our shepherd and our shield. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the first and the last. He is the one who goes before, guiding us into the future. He is the one who goes behind, picking up our mess and gathering up our failures and turning that all around to be a blessing for those who come behind us. That's what God does. 
oh, I had to break out the message. It's a paraphrase. 139, Psalms 139 in the message. It's so good. Verse 5. Now, it, it groups scriptures together. It's, it's a paraphrase. But I like this. Because this is where we're out. This is where we should be right now in our lives. And the psalmist says, I looked behind me and you were there. Wait, 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 wait. I'm used to seeing God in front. That's not where I expected him. But I looked behind me and there you, there you was. Then up ahead and you were there also at the same time. He says, you're reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much. This is too wonderful. I can't take it all. Come on, somebody. I don't know if God's ever done something in your life that's been so good. You're just like, whoa, I got the go. I can't take it, Lord. I can't take it. Just, you get that Doug Schwartz anointing. Ha! <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, so good. I just, I guess, I've just got to shout. I don't want to shake it off, but I feel like I got to, I just got it. It's right there. I can't take it all, God. You're in front of me. You're behind me. Wherever I look, there you are, God. This is not desperation. This is not sadness. I'm not weeping. I look around and you surround me. You guide me. You lead me. You protect me. God, you're for me. You're with me. You never leave me nor forsake. You provide for me everything I need. God, you're so, I can't take it all. I just can't take it. Psalms 20, 125, 2, like mountains surrounding the people, so the Lord surrounds his people. Uh, Psalms 5:12, God surrounds his people with favor, with a shield. Psalms 32, 7 through 10, God surrounds his people with songs of deliverance. I can't take it, I can't take it, I can't take it. You're so good, Jesus. You're so good. What the enemy meant for evil, you turn it around for good. Is that a song? That's a, there's some song. There's songs of deliverance. At the Red Sea, God puts his people in a position where his presence is different than it's ever been before. You see, when God puts us in places that seems like we're struggling, that seems like it's not fair, that seems like we're going to break... He's increasing his presence to us. We done been through some crazy stuff, y'all. I mean, listen. There's people who write books for a living that you buy them because they can write stories that just your imagination can't. You can't make this stuff up. You, You literally can't make this stuff up. Like the, the biggest conspiracy theorist couldn't. Come on, my, my wife is a huge, like, she, she will come up with some, y'all. Sometimes I just sit in, a, in the kitchen, and I just listen, and I'm just like, how, how did you, what? I, really? She said, Don, Neil Armstrong is backing off of the ladder on the moon, and someone took a picture from 25 yards away. I thought he was, if he was the first person to step on the moon, what's the photographer doing 25 feet away? (laughs) I'm like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. How do you? Now, everybody at the church today is Googling. I know what they're going to do, and they're going to be like, 
Sure enough! <laughs> I can't talk to a person on Schimmel and they get to talk to somebody on Mars. I, lo- I love it. She's, come on, you can't make some of this stuff up we've been through. Some of us have gone through some very painful events over the last few years. Some things that in our wildest imagination, we couldn't even believe that if we had experienced it, we would have survived it. But here you are. Here you are. The pain, our hearts ripped out, uh, things destroyed, things that we had invested all our life. We'd have been through some stuff. But look how God's been moving and manifesting himself to us. And he's been challenging Religious ideologies through all of it. Can I just say this to us right now? Let's just embrace something for a moment. Let's just put it. Up till now, the presence of God has always been in front of them. They didn't have to think about where they were going or where they would stay. As long as the cloud was moving, they moved. When the cloud stopped, they stopped. They just followed by sight. That's religion. The problem with religion is it never lets us experience the heart of God. Like we heard last week, God speaks specifically, move forward. God tells them which direction to go. Great. We'll just follow you, God. You first. God says move forward and immediately what does God do? He moves behind them. Never Wait, where are you going? Where, where are you going? That is not the way this goes, God. Let, come, here, come over here, sit down, you and Jesus. Let's talk about this. Remember, we've been following you. We've been, you've been in front of us. Now you tell us to move forward. Uh, you, to, it's impossible to go forward. And, and what are you? Hello, somebody. God doesn't move forward. God tells them to move forward, but he doesn't move forward. Come on, church. For the first time, they have to move forward in faith. Can I just put that? I want to be right there where they're at. Because they've got to see this movement happening that they've never seen. Go forward, but that cloud, everything starts to move behind. Wait, is God abandoning us? Come on, have you ever been in a situation where God has specifically spoke something to you and you're trying your best to be obedient, as confused as you are, and and, and then as you try to move through it, you feel like God himself, the one who told you, now has abandoned you. Sometimes it can happen. That's because we have to trust his heart with what we can't see or what we can't know. And so in those moments when God has spoke to our hearts and we feel like God has abandoned us, that reveals to us we got a relationship issue here and I'm not connected to the heart of God. Y'all going to have to re-listen to that. Obedience is a true test of faith. Everybody say amen. amen. What if I were to say it this way? Obedience is about trusting God forward. Obedience... Faith is about trusting God forward, trusting God forward, trusting God forward. 
Did God promise that his people would be the head and not the tail? Did God promise that if we would faithfully follow, serve, and and surrender to him, that he would not let us perish? Yes. All the way through it. He didn't promise us that we wouldn't have to go through some things. Even the promised land had to have giants that needed evicting. But obedience and faith is that thing that moves us from sight-following religion, following without being connected to the heart of God. That's what religion is all about. It's about following without being connected to the heart of God. Faith following is relationship, and that requires tapping into God's heart. Think about it this way. With every step forward... They're moving further and further away from how they used to walk with God. Hold up. Every step deeper into the Red Sea, they're moving further and further away from the way they used to follow God. You see, I think God is calling us all into a fresh revelation, relational walk with Him. And even those of us who feel like we have been walking with God relationally, there's still some religious ideologies and idols. Come on, Sam. I got you in a minute. I got you in a minute, Sam. That that God is wanting to work out in us. And the only way to do that is to push us forward. Never never walked with you this way, God. Never walked with you this way, God. See, some of y'all, God's pushing you in the very simplest ways. Spiritually, God may be calling you to a time of prayer, or maybe you've never committed yourself to a really good time of prayer. Physically, God may be calling some of you into a season of fasting, and you've never fasted. Really. I remember uh, uh, Tim Carpenter and I went uh, on a seven-day fast some years ago, and, and we're like, okay, we're, together we're praying and every day, and we're on this fast together, and we're believing God for this particular issue, and about we check on each other every day, and about f- day four, I remember uh, Tim called me and said, hey, man, how you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm all right, I'm pressing through, right? And Tim says, you know what I'm realizing? It's day four. I'm, I'm finally realizing I've really never been hungry a day in my life. Maybe God's calling you into a season of worship or God's calling you into a season of commitment. Maybe God's calling you into a season of releasing of some things so you can brace some other things. You see what I'm saying? Like God is pushing us, pushing us, pushing us forward. And that means we've got to let go of some things. God wants to walk with us relationally, church. Every step took them deeper and deeper into the impossible. The Red Sea. They had to walk through the depths of it, church. They had to walk through the depths of it. They didn't get to skirt around the edge of it as the tide went out. They had to walk through the depths of it. Deeper and deeper and deeper. God is calling us into a deeper trust with Him. And He's doing that by putting us in positions that require we trust Him like we've never had to trust Him before. Economically, watch the world crash. What's God's people going to do with their economics? Come on, church. Do the principles of God's economy fade just because the world? Come on, church. What are we going to do? You see, God's light for one 
is darkness to another. See, God is giving them space to follow by faith, not by sight. Give God room. I, we had a, I remember a sermon about that. And now God is giving us room. What if your Red Sea experience has nothing to do with what's standing in front of you? What if that sickness that you're experiencing right now has nothing to do? Come on, church. What if, that, what, 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 if that, uh, what if that relationship issue that you're saying is your Red Sea is nothing to... Come on. What if whatever that impossible situation is right now that's in front of you has nothing to do with what's actually standing in front of you? I tell, I've been telling some of the young guys uh, here, you know, as we talk to them, it's like, you know what? What if temptation really isn't about the thing you're being tempted with? What if temptation is all about what you trust? Do you trust this more than you trust God? What if the Red Sea experience has nothing to do with what's standing in front of you? What if it's a demonstration of where you are relationally with God right now? It's your seashore. God is giving you space, church, to go deeper. So here's God's presence between the Israelites and the Egyptian army. And I believe it accomplishes some things that are powerful. First, we need to pay attention to the scripture that it says his presence moved behind them. And what that did is it obscured the visibility so that the Israelites could no longer see the Egyptians. Can I say to us, church, that God is very interested in what we look at? What you look at is what you usually follow. Come on, you ever been driving down the road? And you look off and all of a sudden the car... How'd that happen? What you look at is usually what you follow. Come on. And that's why this is so difficult for them. Because God has been moving in front of them. They could look at it. But now God is moving behind them. They can't look at... What are we doing? What are we doing? And so God is moving behind them to obscure the visibility of what they've been looking at. They've been looking at the Egyptians. They've been looking at the thing they thought was coming to take them back into bondage. And they didn't want to go back into bondage so bad that they talked about it's better to die than to be slaves again. It's super significant, I believe, because it was right in in their sight line. Here the Egyptians... Advancing on them caused Israel to be afraid. That's verse 10. So God deals with our fears by giving us something better to see. God wants you to stop looking at what you think is going to destroy you. And start looking at the thing that's come to set you free. Can I say this? What is it that paralyzes our lives? It's always focusing on the thing we think is going to destroy us. Just, you turn on the news, everything's going to kill you, everything's going to destroy you, everything's going to rob you. You, you, you listen to people talk and there's all, all kinds of, of indoctrination or ideologies that are implanted inside of people's minds to, to give us something to look at so it dictates the way we think. 
That's why thinking biblically, the Bible says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ. Think the way Jesus thought. Think the way Jesus thought. Let this mind be in you. Let the water of the washing of the word renew your mind. That's what the scripture says. What is it that paralyzes our lives? It's the thing we think that's come to destroy us. Remember what we said uh, two weeks ago? Worry blinds us to the one who can fix the problem. Sam's word during worship. Is it all right? Can I share? She said, uh, right now in worship, I see a temple and it's full of idols. The temple needs to be purified. When we were in Brazil, we went to that place where, uh, that city where we, uh, we helped plant a church and there'd never been any Christianity there. There'd never been any gospel preached there. And, and Pastor Nacio couldn't believe that I would say, let's help, let's do this. And, and he was planting a house church in there and there was demonic activity everywhere. In the middle of that city is this house. Uh, it looks like a church, but it's not a church. On the front wall of that building were, were all these little shelves, and all these little shelves had idols on them, and people would come from all over to worship these idols. And that a huge festival every year that people would come from hundreds and thousands of miles away to fill this little town up to worship these idols. There was a temple there, and it was full of idols. Come on, church. The temple needs purifying. You see, what you see is what you worship. And her word is God wants to purify the temple. God wants to purify the temple. He wants to make sure that our eyes are focused on him. He wants to give us something better to look at. If it's something to look at, it's not just a cloud in the sky. It's not just a pillar of fire whirling like a whirlwind. It's Jesus himself standing between his people and the enemy. It's Jesus himself coming to lead us through the impossible and save us from the enemy. It's Jesus himself leading us to what God is calling us church. He wants to give us something better to look at. Man. Second, it obscures the visibility of the Egyptian army. They can't see where they're going, and they can't see where Israel's going. They're groping in the darkness. Like, it's not just like something's in the way. The, the, the picture in the, in the original wording is they were, they were covered, they were cloaked in darkness. You ever been so dark you can't see your hand in front of your face? You see what I'm saying? They're, they're covered and you can't wipe it off. You see, that's where they're at. They're, their darkness has covered them so that they can't see where they're going and they can't see where the Israelites are going. And so I need you to grab a hold of something here, church. Oh, it's hit us like a ton of bricks Thursday in my office. Second Chronicles 20, 22. Second Chronicles 2022. 20, I don't believe it. It's just 2022. It says, as they begin to sing to the Lord, the Lord confused the enemy. Ah, what if 2022, God has moved behind? 
behind us and is pushing us forward. He hasn't abandoned us, church. He's pushing us towards freedom. And right now, on the seashore, we should be praising him. And we should let the trumpet of our worship declare that God has set us free. And that we are free indeed. And then we should let the trumpet of our worship declare that God has set us free. Joel 2.1 says, Sound the trumpet in Jerusalem, because the day of the Lord is upon us. Come on, church! What if the day of the Lord is upon us? Y'all not helping me, y'all not helping me. 2022, what if it is setting up the celebration for 2023? Hello, church. Exodus 14, just a, a few verses down. Uh, Breno, don't get these. I get, I get these. The Lord confuses the enemy. Church, church, church. When the church worships, the gates of hell shake. Y'all, y'all got to grab a hold of this. I can't, I can't give it away. I can't give it away right now. I can't. I got Thirdly, it testifies to the Israelites that God is taking an active role in their defense. I'm going to say this because I believe it. God is actively involved in your defense. I, I, I firmly believe that God is actively involved in every detail of our life. But especially when we're staring at the impossible. Let's be honest, it's hard to see God ahead. What if that's because God has moved behind you and he's actively involved in your defense as you move forward? When the enemy is planning a sneak attack, God always sees what you can't. The last thing I want to point out right here that I think is so powerful. Although the Israelites have been slow to acknowledge it, the cloud is a sign that God is for Israel and against Egypt, especially on this particular day. Can I, can I just say this to us, church? If God is for us, who, who or what can be against us? I think it's not strange, brethren, when you experience some fiery trial as if it's some strange thing. It doesn't mean God has abandoned you. And I just want to tell you, a fiery trial, that's not a hangnail. I want, I want to just be honest. I want to be just brutally honest with it, right? Like, I, I, when Peter's talking about that, it's not just a hangnail. It's not just a, I got a case of hiccups that won't go away. Those are all aggravating things. A fiery trial. That's something involved with some heat. That's something that's changing the atmosphere, fire. That's something that is, that is intense and it's there. Think it not strange when you go through something as if it's some strange thing. We need to understand, listen, if God is for me, who or what can be against me? 
I feel like I'm with you, and I'm just being honest through this sermon series because that's really how it was birthed. Is, is I just struggles cause me to be slow to acknowledge the fact that if God is for me, who or what can be against me? Your struggles actually make you think that God Himself is against you. It's a lie. But let's be honest. God hates me. Yeah, come on, you ever been just going through a season where you think the cosmos itself is out to get you? Come on. How could this happen? So those struggles, they lie to us. They convince us. They cause us to see something other than what God wants us to see. Can I say this to us with boldness this morning? God loves to put us in positions where his presence is undeniably real. Grab this this morning. Grab this this morning with everything that's inside of you. God hasn't abandoned you. If God is not where you're used to seeing Him, it could be that God is calling you into a new kind of walk. If God is not where you're used to seeing Him, it could be that God is actively involved in your defense so you can be obedient to what He has called you forward to do. Can I say this to us this morning as a church? Where are you positioned this morning? Personally, where are you positioned? We've been through some stuff. Can, can I just be an encourager this morning? We're going to go through some more stuff. But this room proves we ain't going through it alone. This ministry proves we're not going to go through it alone. That's what faith family's about. No, there wasn't a person who walked alone through the Red Sea. They walked through it together. They all moved forward. Probably a little dazed. Probably a little confused. Probably a little anxious about, hey, God usually walks in front of us. And the further we keep walking here, the, we're leaving God behind. See, our obedience just requires moving into a fresh walk with God. And I need you to grab a hold of something today. If you're in a sight-following position with God... Don't be mad that he's pushing you to faith following. He's not being mean. He's not being cruel. God is moving. Even if it doesn't make sense to you right now. I said God is moving. Even if it doesn't make sense to you right now. God is moving. He moved. That's what the Bible says. He moved from in front to behind. 
Jesus is standing there. And he's shining his light for you and I while he's cloaking the enemy in darkness. Let me tell you why this world is groping, why they're floundering, while everything they try to do is failing and they have no answers. Because they're walking in darkness. And they're trying to tell us that their epic failures that is so obvious to see is the way to live life. I'm not an educated man, but even I can see that that ain't working. God is moving. Where else would I want to be? What else would I want to be doing? I might be uncomfortable with the position he's put me in. I, I might be right there. But in the sense of it, I'm gaining a greater sense of his heart towards me. Jesus isn't abandoning me. He's moving to protect me. I never saw it coming, never saw it coming, never saw it coming. Never saw it coming, but there he is. Now his heart's expressed in a new and fresh way for me. Will you stand with me in this place? Church, let obedience propel us to promise. Did, or did we write that down? Let obedience propel us to promise. God has called us forward. It not only means that God is calling us forward through our impossibles. But he's also calling us forward into a deeper walk with him. And wherever you're at right now, I, I mean, I get the sense that every week when we come in here, there's, there's some red seas. There's some red oceans. There's some chasms. There's some cliffs. There's some chapters that are just a few words away from saying the end. But I feel like God's not done writing. I feel like God wants to take those chapters and go dot, 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 and start a new chapter. Because he's moving. And man, I could call them all out. We could do all the things this morning. You don't need me to call out your Red Sea. You are pretty familiar with it. You, you know what seashore smells like at low tide. You know how anxious you feel at high tide. You, I don't need to call it out. But I do believe that God is moving. And this morning, you're not standing on a Red Sea by happy chance. God himself has brought you there. Jesus is standing. So if you want to come and just lay this thing before the Lord, I got a feeling that as they started into the Red Sea, they could not see the other side. You got to go down and then up, but you can't. They had no idea what the other side looked like. You see, right now in this place this morning, you, you're hesitant to try and move into the impossible because you don't know what the other side looks like. 
You see, I want us to understand whatever it looks like, God is with us. And it's the direction God has called us forward. Don't not step because you don't know what the next step looks like. Just step. Move forward. If you believe in God for healing, move forward. If you believe in God for deliverance over anything, an addiction or anxiety, depression, move forward. Right? I don't know what it looks like on the other side. I can't see it. I can't see it happening. I can't see it happening. That's not your job. Finances, marriages, families. Come on. The altar is open. Come on, the altar is open. Don't let worry blind you to the one who can fix the problem. Don't let the way you've been walking with God keep you from moving forward and walking with God in a new way. Don't let what God once did in your life be the ultimate that God can't do anymore. Amen. Come on. Come on. If God did it once, he can do it again. So we're going to worship for a minute. and I, I, Maybe you just want to do it right where you're at. But don't leave this building this morning without this understanding that God is moving. When the road runs dead, you can see a way I don't. My church. And it makes no sense, but you say that's what faith is for. When I see a flood, you see a promise. When I see a grave, you see a door. And when I'm at my end, you see where the future starts. I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. Come on, if you're not coming, will you sing up with these people?
in this place today, God, we thank you. God, that you move. God, it may be different than what we're used to seeing, God. But that's the point, Lord. You call us to move forward, God. You call us forward in faith, God. So, Lord, we stand in this place today, God, and I'm praying right now over the Red Sea of depression and anxiety. I want to pray over the Red Sea of those who are lost and undone and without you, our family members who don't know you, Jesus, right now. We want to pray over that. God, I want to pray over addiction right now. I want to pray over chains of bondage, Lord, brokenness, God, woundedness of heart. God, I want to pray over our marriages and our families, God. Restore, set free, God. God, I want to pray right now for you to do what only you can do in each and every one of these situations, God. So that only you get the glory. Thank you, Jesus, that you're on scene. You're not somewhere else, but you're on scene with us, God. our hearts long to see the goodness of God. God, for truly we are a people who can testify that the good hand of our God is upon us. So Lord, as we go forward, thank you that you protect us, that you guide us in every way in Jesus' name. Everyone said?
Come on, turn around, tell your neighbor it's Jubilee. It's Jubilee.